Hello, and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard, here with another just kind of casual Sunday edition of the Schooner Pod. Uh, with me today, as always, we've got Ty, we got Jameson. We're here to talk a little bit of NFL draft, a little bit of, uh, you know, some salacious rumors we've been hearing, you know, around the internet, you know, just because, you know, fun. We, those are fun, but uh, overall, uh, should be a pretty quick pod. Um, let's just get it started with the draft. Uh, what do you say, guys? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so overall, probably not the most successful draft. Uh, once again, no Sooners drafted in the first round or the second. Um, so, you know, that's kind of kind of a bummer, especially going into this season, expecting what this draft class could have been. Um, but overall, you know, uh, seven guys drafted. Not not too bad. Uh, Nick Benito, uh, Brian Osimo, Perion Winfrey, uh, Delaren Turneriel, who gets a game ball, I might say. Uh, definitely gets the game ball for the draft. Uh, Mike Woods, Isaiah Thomas, and Marquise Hayes. Uh, we got three, three. The craziest thing to me, three players to the Browns. So I, I don't know where to start on this. Jameson, your thoughts on the uh, draft overall? Um, and I don't know what, what 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 was what what's your big takeaway? I guess from the draft. Yeah. I think we really need to talk about the Browns thing later, but my biggest takeaway is this is a really disappointing draft because coming into this season a couple years ago and even like before the season, we thought we could possibly have, you know, the first overall pick in the draft of Spencer Rattler. You know, Jaden Hazelwood was talking about, you know, how could he be a wide receiver that could break out? Um, and then Nick Benito was getting some first round draft, you know, grades, you know, before the season and almost went last year. So it's like, all in all, we got kind of lucky we got a second-round pick, the last pick in the second round being Nick Benito. But other than that, you know, our offensive linemen re- went really low. Like Marquise Hayes barely made it in the seventh round. Tyrus Robinson obviously didn't get drafted. Um, I think this was a pretty weak draft for us, even though we have some numbers, and it, it's kind of a shame. Agreed. A, a lot of lost potential, especially with guys like Benito, Winfrey. Uh, but, yeah. Ty, your thoughts on it all? Yeah, you you almost have to wonder how you know the storylines are are impacting that and, and perceptions, and obviously this can continue to to go as as every other OU podcast. But you know maybe maybe even you have to wonder about people's draft stocks maybe not being great because of poor sort of end of the season performance, maybe because people that weren't them were checked out. So it's I I think it's really with the NFL draft, as, as we all know, it's, it's up to you as a player to sort of make your mark. Once you get to the league, college isn't the best indicator, but I think, you know, it is disappointing because there's money left on the table there for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and absolutely. It's, it's a bummer for, you know, guys like Benito, Osimo, uh, not, not really Osimo as much, but Winfrey, um, you know, and they've expressed a lot of, uh, displeasure over the previous coaching staff, um, especially, you know, defensive line, uh, Grinch's strategies. So y- you have to wonder if, if that is part of it, but you know, we don't want to be too sour grapes on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for uh, sure. Um, I, I think, I think a really huge disappointment that we haven't talked about yet is Kennedy Brooks not going drafted. And this was one of the best, most efficient running backs in college football, but we said it, we're like, our team's going to fall in love just with his tape, or are they going to look at the measurables and be spooked off? And it looks like the measurables did spook them off, but I'll say this. He went to probably one of the best spots he could have. It, honestly, he probably had his pick of the litter. Going to Philadelphia, you know, his quarterback is an Oklahoma guy. Um, and he's going to a running back room that is extremely thin. I know y'all aren't the biggest 
you know, I mean, uh, NFL people, but you know, that running back room. And even though they didn't run the ball much in Philadelphia, like you're going to be competing with, you know, very non-established running backs that Boston Scott got a lot of the carries last year due to like injury. You know, that is a room where if he could kind of weasel his way and make the roster through training camp, you never know what could happen. And he could actually be getting some decent amount of carries. Like I can see a scenario where he's going to actually like make like his place in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, you're right. That is a very, very uh, good location for him. Cause again, you know, it's, it's kind of wide open there and, you know, obviously free agency things can happen and everything, but you know, again, if, if Boston Scott's your main guy, then uh, you probably yeah, no, no, be- no knock on Boston Scott, but you know, yeah, I mean, Boston Scott was the one who was getting a lot of the carries, but Miles Sanders is going to be their number one guy. But Miles Sanders is an extremely injury-prone running back. It seems like every single year he's going to have some kind of injury. And that's all you need as a running back, really, in this league. You just need one or two weeks where you can show out whenever you're the backup, whenever the you know the front-end starter gets hurt. Um, and that happens in more teams than often. Like Running backs get hurt all the time. They get dinged up very easily. And so plenty of run for backup running back. So I would hope Kennedy Brooks would be in the fast track to make that team. I think he'd be a training camp guy rather than, you know, like a draft guy. He's going to do really well whenever you can actually get him there in person. They can see him act versus NFL defenders in camp. I, I, ha- I actually feel very confident about him in terms of, you know, looking at guys like Mike Woods, the Brown. I don't see many much, you know, room for him to get thrown to. Um that in terms of offense, that's really about it for playmakers that we could see on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I mean we just didn't have a lot of guys go to the league this year, you know, uh, uh, we, we were thinking it was going to be Spencer Rattler as a, as a top five pick. And obviously that didn't work out at all. So yeah, definitely, definitely interesting there for sure. With, with Brooks falling, definitely a bummer, but you know, Hey, we get him and Jalen. Um, so, you know, Definitely boost the uh, stock of being an Eagles OU fan for sure. Shout out, shout out my guy Patrick for that one. Actually, yeah. And actually, I do want to I do want to jump in. A important note: I think everyone that's that's listening probably knows. But again, five out of the seven that went to the draft were defensive players, which is is uh, sort of crazy. And I think I can say this. Uh, in fair, I don't want to turn people off to the podcast, but I, I think compared to you guys, I'm more of a casual fan. I think that's fair to say, and and I think I can speak for people that maybe are are a little more casual OU fans, maybe don't follow it as much in, in the off season type thing. That it is, it can be surprising or it can seem a bit odd when you know constantly we just complain about the defense. You know that's that's ingrained in OU players, but then also you have these big names. Kenny Brooks was our you know our main running back, and you think, oh well, we're a you know, a top 10, top whatever team all the time. This guy was our main running back. Most of the time he was here, he was really good. You hear his name all the time, and then he he doesn't go to the draft. Can can definitely be a weird situation, but it can also be a, a good situation. You know, as as we've seen with, with the draft, sometimes you – well, not sometimes. You, you really don't have a, a big say in where you go if you go in the draft. Uh, Baker Mayfield comes to mind even more notoriously – uh, the boss comes to mind if, if everyone's familiar with that story of just being like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not participating in this system. Uh, and obviously his career didn't necessarily pan out like he expected it to, but uh, Kenny Brooks, a, a little bit more say over his future. And, you know, it's, if he's a good guy, that's going to a good player, that's going to make it into the league. I know he's a good person. 
but if he's a good player that's going to make it into the league, uh, he's going to be able to to go to those, you know, opportunities to impress. And he's going to be able to impress. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, his story is definitely not over yet. I agree, Ty. You know, there's there there are plenty of stories where guys you know go undrafted and you know it it you know they still find a good good home and still find a good way and uh, you know make it make mm-hmm. it in the league. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns thing before we move on, Bobby, because I, I think we almost forgot about that. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Whenever I was just watching the names, like I want, I very much love the NFL draft. I go crazy about it, and I watch every single second of it, even on the Saturday, you know, at eleven a.m. And just seeing the names come up, the OU players, when Cleveland Browns were picking the first time, whenever I saw um, Perry on Winfrey on you know Saturday get picked to the Browns. I was like, oh, that's funny. This is a very vocal OU guy, and he's going to a fan base and an organization that knows they just burned a whole lot of OU fans. That's going to be kind of awkward, but okay, that's fine. It's not that big of a deal. OU's and the Browns aren't going to have a forever negative relationship. And then we see Mike Woods, and I'm like, wow, I'm kind of surprised he went drafted, but okay. And then Isaiah Thomas for the third player to the Browns. Like, this got to be just they like this – um, those players, right? Did they just see more Oklahoma, you know, because I don't know, some of the scouts just watched more of our games and fell in love with a lot of our players. I, I really hope this is not some kind of reparation act where they're just taking their day three picks from Oklahoma fans. Cause they know how much money Oklahoma fans have brought them the past couple of years. And they're about to lose a large chunk of that because of the Baker Mayfield fiasco. Like my mind went through a bunch of like scenarios like that, even though this is a, you know, a multi-million dollar organization and business that are they doing this just to try to keep OU fans at bay because of the money or they would no way they'd be spending draft picks to do that. Yeah. I, that's a good point. And it's, it's really funny. I don't think they would be because uh, you know, I, I think Cleveland should know firsthand that it's not really about the amount of OU players you have. It's about which ones you have. Uh, mm-hmm. Baker, for example, because let's be honest, the Browns were popular because of Baker. Um, when, despite that, uh, the Baltimore Ravens were literally right there with like, at one point, like five Sooners. Uh, you know, when they had Orlando Brown, Hollywood, um, you know, um, I'm Andrews and Ben Powers. Yeah, Andrews and Ben Powers. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's not about the numbers. It's about the guy. And they just pissed off, you know, probably the most beloved OU player in history. So if it is a strategy, I don't think it's a working one. Uh, but it's certainly it's certainly funny because just when I thought I was out on liking Cleveland, they, they pulled me back in, these jerks. Yeah, I think you, you guys mentioned a, a good point. And it's not necessarily the number of OU players. It's, it's the specific OU players, which I think is – why we're going to see a lot of OU sort of casual fandom. I would, I guess, count myself in this group uh, of people that maybe don't necessarily watch the NFL all that much, but will tune in here and there to see OU players. And, and when I think about that, the first thing that comes to mind right now, not necessarily a draft move, but Hollywood Brown going to the Cardinals to play with Kyler Murray. Yeah, that, absolutely. I think will be a super great, uh, you know, thing. And then Marquise Hayes also. Uh, was a, a guard at OU, and he's going over there too. So I, I'm liking the Cardinals, I guess, as a, There's no a doubt. casual it, NFL fan. All, 
all the Cleveland people who bought Cleveland Browns jerseys whenever Baker got drafted are legitimately moving right over to the Cardinals. Because even though they were Browns transplanted fans whenever Baker got drafted, when Kyler got drafted by the Cardinals the next year, they were also kind of a little bit Cardinals fans, but they didn't have that jersey. You didn't see as many Kyler Murray jerseys walking around on a game day at OU. But sometimes you'd go there on Saturday and you'd see a decent amount of brown and orange as people wearing their Baker Mayfield jersey. Like, it's going to turn into Kyler Murray jerseys now. It really is. Even though there's a lot of, you know, drama between the Cardinals organization and Kyler Murray in this offseason, it's very clear that if they spent a first-round pick to get Marquise Brown, like in a third-round pick, that is a huge price to get a guy that is obviously just to appease their quarterback. So there has to be some kind of mins being made between the two. Yeah, I, I mean, especially with, you know, if we're talking about you know injury-prone uh, type of guys, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood has had his issues. We know that from his time at OU. Uh, if you follow the NFL, you know that as well, that he, he has had issue uh, history. So you're right. That is a massive price to get a guy like Hollywood. But, you know, honestly, this is a dynamic duo. I'm so excited to see him back. Uh, you know, the, the rock, paper, scissors again. Uh, I, I, it's it's going to be great. But those guys were electric. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's nice. We, uh, we, we get our duo back from uh, year one of the Schooner pod. So, mm, yeah, and I, I think that it's actually going to be a really good fit from um, Hollywood because in Baltimore, he was pretty much the number one receiver at the end, and they didn't use the wide receiver position not nearly as much as they could have. You know, Lamar Jackson like obviously liked tight ends more, and that's why the Ravens picked a platoon of tight ends in this draft. And plus, there was a lot of running, plenty of running. So he was the number one guy, but he wasn't getting that many carries. As a speed guy who's a deep threat, sometimes it's good not to be the number one guy. Having a guy next to you, you think of Tyreek Hill, you know, Travis Kelsey is, takes away the threat. Having DeAndre Hopkins on the other side as a possession wide receiver where you can have Hollywood on the other side running deep routes for one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, that's going to really help him overall. Might not be like he won't be, get as many targets as he was getting in Baltimore, but he's going to be making big plays and winning more games. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good fit for sure, for sure. Um, I was gonna say one last note on the draft before we move on, Mister Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Uh, <laughs> I almost died whenever I saw this. I thought of Ty immediately whenever I saw it. Ty, your 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 takes on the newest Mister Irrelevant? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm just <laughs> you know I'm I'm gonna miss having him to uh, to talk about. That's for sure when it comes to to Iowa State. So. I, really, it all makes sense. There, there really was no reason for OU to stay in the Big Twelve uh, yeah. without Brock Purdy as an opponent. <laughs> it's just not fun anymore. We had to leave, and yeah. it's funny. It just came up, and they're like talking about it on the broadcast before, and they're like, "No, Mister Irrelevant has ever thrown a pass," and they're giving all these like statistics and stuff, and they're doing the whole like announcing thing, and they say Brock Purdy. I go, "You've got to be kidding me." I was absolutely stunned that they picked Brock Purdy at the last pick in the draft. Legitimately a guy that we've been calling a video game quarterback. Who's like the, the definition yeah, of being a That's, that's being, what happened. He, is, an NPC is like irrelevant. Legitimately what we were describing. No, and he's now yeah, Mr. No, that's, irrelevant. That's what happened is is all the all the people playing their dynasty picked all the players that they wanted. And then they just hit simulate. And <laughs> One of the rosters had an open spot that they had to just auto-generate an NPC to fill in. 
is what occurred. So, I mean, I'm just saying we've been saying this for years. We've been trashed by Iowa State fans for a while on the Bird app and you know reviews. But you know what? You know who agreed with us? The NFL scouts, baby. They 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 have deemed him to be Mr. Irrelevant. And by golly, we finally had the last word on it. So. I, I, we we truly love to see it. Clearly, we, a better football player than Kennedy Brooks now. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but do you know what? I didn't think about it like that. We can't we can't be down on Brock Purdy and Iowa State too much because there is one more point to bring up in the draft, and I I don't know what you refer to it as, but it's obviously below Mister Irrelevant, below easy level NPC level. And that is everyone from the university of Texas who once again had zero draft picks in the 2022 draft, which is just inexplicable. I, I think we understand, you know, guys going into the draft this year were recruited and everything else years ago and, and have spent years there. And obviously it's a new staff now. So it's not necessarily indicative of the new staff's ability to, uh, develop people or or lack of ability thereof it, it will it's yet to be seen uh stumbling over my words here but that's it's a major blow it's a they're top five in recruiting every single year all the preseason hype they're number one in budget and it's just it's like we've talked about before you know not to not to dance on on their uh, or dance on them while they're down, I guess. Is that a saying? Um, they're great. You didn't want to say dance on their graves, far. but yeah, but I'm also um, horrible with sayings. It's a, it's a hard thing. And it's, it's definitely something, you know, that needs to be brought up because it, that is going to sway some recruits. Obviously money is, is a big thing and, and everything else. And it's a new staff, but that, that just, that's a hard hit. And it's one of those things where it's like, Again, old staffs, but you almost have to be trying not to develop people. Like they're they're so bad mm-hmm. at developing people, and they're taking in people that are so good coming in. It's like you you could almost lock them in like a shipping container for four years, uh, which I think was Mike Leach's method, allegedly oh. uh, at Texas Tech, and then you know let them out and go to the draft, and they would be good. And it's like these guys go to Texas and then just completely lose mm-hmm. all you know, all they know is fine dining and breathing when they leave and, they're drafts and they can't, you know, say their name or catch a ball. Yeah. Like the, this really sad part about all of this is there, there's multiple Texas fan excuses I've seen. Um, and it's the number one, none of these guys are Sark's guys. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, Sark coached them. It does not matter if they did good this year and developed them to play well this season, they would have gotten drafted. Uh, and then the other one was, Oh, but we had Keontae Ingram. He got drafted in the sixth round. No, he transferred and went to USC, played horrible, and got drafted in the sixth round. Like, no, absolutely not. But we have like, extinguished everything, I feel like. Does anyone else have any points about the NFL draft? You got one, Bobby? He said it like three point. times. So here, here are a couple <laughs> This is school. our fourth one more point. <laughs> we, we, have, we have had four one more points. This is uh, from a thread, uh, Michael Schwartz on Twitter. Um Complimented this, and I'm very thankful for this. These are schools who have had a draft pick, but not Texas, uh, Wichita Baptist, Northwestern <laughs> Missouri State. Uh, let's see, Lenore Ryan. That's just uh, Lenore Lenore Ryan. I, I I don't know. Um, it's just embarrassing. And I gotta say as well, you know, the Big Twelve as a whole, absolutely embarrassing as well, including OU. Um, 
zero picks in the first round, but you have uh, the uh, the American have several. Tulsa for the second year in a row got guys in the first round, but no Big Twelve. So if you want to see like the type of talent in the Big Twelve compared to the SEC, etc., it it's it's just it, it ain't there. Yeah, I had a I had a list too. Some of the ones you didn't mention, uh, Fayetteville State, Missouri State, who I think OU played, or maybe it was Montana State. I think maybe we played Missouri State one time. At this we point, never ties, ties <laughs> We never me. played I think Missouri it was, State. I'm pretty sure it's Missouri State. It was Missouri sure. State. I think we played Missouri State. Yeah, they it, have was it was State. because you called Southern because Ty Utah. called them Montana State. We played Montana State at one point too, or maybe no, regular we Montana. We played South Dakota State. That's a different state. I thought that was like a county. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter the other schools. Like Yale Air Force got one in, which is like extremely difficult. Uh, yeah, because it, it was a deep It's a bigger alignment. factor than just your your on the field performance. Uh, the Air Force Academy is a little bit cooler uh, with enabling that than than the other ones. But yeah, Texas, rough, rough. Do you have to serve immediately after that? Like you get drafted. They change the rules. So they have. They've been constantly sort of changing the the rules but the the air force academy generally is cool with people sort of being a reservist or or doing it afterwards roger stallback from from navy uh famously back in the day sort of did a, a similar thing sort of played it nice. out and, and did its thing so okay yeah i think that's all we have for the draft though i finally finally have squeezed uh this lemon um all the way through the nba playoffs means next level basketball Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, Place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Now that is what we call a safety net, folks. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, back to the show. Jameson, uh, the other part of this podcast, uh, it seems like there's some shenanigans afoot with our old pal uh, Lincoln Riley out west. <laughs> What's he, what, what, what's going on? What, what, friend of the podcast. What, yes. <laughs> friend of the pod, Lincoln Riley. What's going on with USC? What, what are these, what are these, uh, dirty, you know, some sort of guns up to now? What, what, what type of schemes are they planning? That's a really good question. So here's the thing that Lincoln Riley and USC been getting a lot of bad, you know, rap right now about trying to take, you know, the Blinikoff winner, Jordan Addison. Um, with Pittsburgh, a guy who was very public in saying that he was returning to Pittsburgh and um, was very passionate about their fan base and whatnot. And it came out that they're trying to pretty much pry him away, even though he's not in the portal. And everyone's like, oh, this is tampering, all this. 
But the thing is about this happens all the time. Like think about Trey Bradford with the LSU, like with us, just that's a story with OU. Like LSU was very clearly tampering with us whenever he transferred us. And then he went back again. This happens all the time in football, but this is a big story because Lincoln Riley is a hot button, you know, topic in terms of college football. And this is one of the best wide receivers in college football. So that's just a combination to make it where people are going to talk about and say, this is horrible. Oh, he's tampering. They need to be, you know, fine for this. Problem is, there's probably no proof of it that Lincoln Riley had direct contact with them. They're probably going through backstreams through, you know, other communicators sending messages because, you know, other people can talk to this guy. It's just not the coaching staff of USC. This happens all the time through college football, but it's happening to a guy who was so, you know, he was so vocal about how toxic the transfer portal is and how you can cheat your way through it. And now he's just doing it right now. So it just really splattened in his face. Yeah. It's uh, kind of the whole, you know, hypocritical thing, you know, saying one thing, doing, doing another, we've, we've seen it countless times the past couple months. Um, and you know, really, like you said, it's, it's hard to prove. Um, and the biggest thing is the NCAA has no regulations. That's the transfer portal portal, basically no regulations. So like there, there's no consequence here. Um, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a total just wild West madhouse. Um, when you look at that, look at that Miami basketball player who basically said, um, I I'm entering the transfer portal and my, and we'll leave. I, I might, I'm basically going to leave Miami if I don't get more NIL money. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a madhouse out there. I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's the pendulum. We we've just released it and it is obviously it takes a second to, to gain momentum. And we're at the point now where we're, we're at this, we're reaching the inflection point. I, I don't necessarily think we're at the inflection point right now because not, not to diminish it, but like a guy transferring from Pitt to go play at USC like when you just look at that surface value, no NIL, no anything else, like it already kind of makes sense. You know, you're a star player, move to a bigger school, bigger market. Uh, so maybe that would have happened back in the day, regardless of any tampering. But I, we're starting to see this, this big inflection point of, of sort of this no rules situation. And I think it, it I think it might be neat. I, I think whether we want to or not, uh, as fans and I guess as a sport as a whole, we're going to have to, because like you said, the, the NCAA has really no way right now or any authority or, or power at all to, to start trying to act to, to change the rules at this point, even if they wanted to. So it'll be interesting, but it's, it, we're reaching the wild West, but, but the wild West eventually was, was settled. And now there's a football stadium there. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, no rules in and of itself is, is going to eventually create rules. So it's new. It's It feels dirty compared to the old way of doing things. But there could be some advantages, and I'll keep myself short, but as an OU fan, you know, one thing that comes to mind is – I'm going to get weird looks from you guys, but Baker Mayfield and the Browns, you know, that's a, a very rule-heavy sort of system where you can move around, and he's sort of – being held hostage by the Browns in this lose-lose situation where there's a lot of money on the table for both sides. Neither side benefits really from keeping him, but both sides are sort of. That's because you know, he's an employee to... though. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, but that's what I'm saying is it, well, you have a, a different sort of situation like with, 
with college because essentially everyone is always at a contract year in terms of the players in, in this current situation, because it's really just, we're laundering it through a couple different things at this point. Like you said, with the, the Miami basketball player, you know, that's a, a, a contract year move and he can just pull it on his own. Or it's like, you know, Barry Switzer's NIL fund uh, here at OU, like, or Texas's pancake fund for, for their linemen and, and just different things like that. Like it, they're essentially just year by year contracts for players and we're just having to launder it through a couple other steps and it's all above table, you know, wink, wink. So I, I think a lot of people are, you know, it's ignoring the, the Lincoln Riley hate, you know, try to take that out of it. I think it's a neat system. I know it's maybe get some flack from some of our friends because as an OU fan, we're sort of a big market when it comes to college football. So it's something that's almost always going to benefit us at the cost of a smaller market, smaller school, maybe something like Tulsa or, you know, something like that to, to sort of keep it local. But I, I think, you know, ultimately I think the change is, is probably something good and it, it will create, you know, new rules of the game that, that could really interestingly shape it. So uh, there are some benefits. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the, of essentially everybody having a one year contract with immediate free agency at any time. I, I just, I don't think that's, that's good for the game. And I, um, I don't think it's good for, you know, team cohesion. It just, it just doesn't, I don't like it. Um, frankly, I, I I'm all for player empowerment, but there, there has to be more done. There has to be more structure because this is just a total mess. Um, but the new portal rules along with the new NIL rules together just kind of created this, just kind of mess of a system. And my thing is like, I, I, I know like pe- people have been playing, paying players for God knows how long Barry Switzer was out here, you know, with his fur coat, you know, paying, you know, paying people off like since before, like 20 years before I was born. But at the same time, it wasn't like Switzer was going to other teams and taking them. It wasn't like this open market for everyone. Um, and it's not just Lincoln Riley. Let's be like, you're totally right. Um, he's just the one who got his hand cut, uh, caught in the cookie jar here. Um, but it's, it, it, it's a legitimate problem. Those two things paired together. It's just, um, it's just really frustrating, honestly. And, you know, again, player mm-hmm. empowerment, great. Good for you. Uh, we need to boost that, but also there needs to be structure. There needs to be rules. There needs to be something that, you know, I, it, it, it's kind of hard to say protects the schools when the schools have been, you know, benefiting off free labor for decades. Right. Now. <laughs> but I don't know. It, 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 we, we don't need to like have a bad system to provide reparations. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that bad system thing is the biggest key here. Let's not dog on Lincoln Riley here because it's really easy to. The problem is it's the system. So Lincoln Riley is given a he's given a board game that has broken rules and there's you know loopholes to go through and he's just utilizing what he could. Yes, is he kind of tweaking with the rules if he is talking to a player that's not in the transfer portal? Yes, but there's nothing that we can prove to that and there's no one you know giving any kind of you know reprimands. Um, two people that are doing that because he continues to see people doing that every single year. So why not continue to do it? Cause if you're not, if you're not doing what everyone else is doing, if you're not cheating, like everyone else is cheating, you're going to fall behind. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, you know, I almost, almost like the, the lawlessness of it because it is so different from pro sports where they are 
sort of employees. And, and I, I come back to, it almost feels more like college in that respect, because I, I come back to trying to compare it to any other thing. And I, I know it's sort of a bad comparison, but if you're a computer science major at OU and you're on the OU, um, you know, some sort of computer science team and you also code on the side and make money for that and then decide you want to transfer to to Stanford because of better job opportunities and because you're a good coder and you got recruited for their coding team or whatever, there would be no sort of penalties or, or whatever else uh, incurred their restrictions on you. Or if you were an art student or if you were a performing arts student and, and you were being compensated for performing in the ballet in Dallas and then you're, you're you know, I don't know how it works, but say you're sophomore year, you got an opportunity to go perform and, and go to school at Juilliard. You would take that and no one would, would sort of bat an eye. And obviously they're not sponsored people and, and, and there's obviously more money on the table for most football. I'm sure there are some people changing schools and good at schools and, and coding and stuff that are making more money, but uh, it's really, it's, it's the amount of money, but it's also just people have this buy-in because of because of sports. I mean, if you, if you boil it down to it, it's not necessarily that much different from any other business and college sports are a business. College football is a business. And it's almost this idea of, of this buy-in and involvement by the fans who I, you know, will, I constantly argue are the most important part because that's what, what generates the actual revenue that makes it relevant because without fans, you literally, it's just going to be IMs. So I, yeah. I kind of like it. It does, in, in some ways, you know, with my big mental gymnastics that I've spilled out, uh, I guess you can do some gymnastics, shout out to OU Gymnastics, and, and find some ways to sort of justify it as being, you know, more amateur or, or whatever else. But I, I do think there are some more ways to look at it. And when you look back at college football, some of the most legendary storylines that everyone knows about and that everyone, you know, finds interesting uh, in, in hindsight and as, as time goes on, almost everyone around the nation knows like the Barry Switzer and in the eighties stories. A lot of people know the SMU stories. Uh, it's, it's even pretty common for people that don't even follow college football to know like the, the old Ole Miss stories and the, like the, the gas mask bong and, and all sorts <laughs> of uh, that legendary stuff. How like, much people, did that NFT go people for? Know these. That yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. You saw the NFT thing, right? Ty? And, yeah. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Great. Yes, it's, it's great. They, Sorry. They create, yeah, they create content. They create interaction. You know, they, they create fans. One of, I, you know, Blue Mountain State was an extremely popular show. <laughs> we're, we're devolving to the point where we're talking Blue Mountain State football. But Love it. That was an extremely popular show, obviously for a couple other reasons than just the football aspect. But it was, it was focused on sort of that underside of college football that we all know is there at the major levels and is – was extremely entertaining for people that maybe didn't necessarily even follow college football. And and there is that other layer to it. And you're looking at the sport and growing the sport, you know, that, that draws more people in. I, I don't want to dive off on a tangent of, of comparing other sports, but you know, there's, there's big cases of TV shows, maybe not accurately representing the, the performance of the sport, but playing up the drama and that, that generates new interest. So you know these these things in the news. It's it's the off season. It's slow time, so we got to have something to talk about. So. This is true. This is true. And 
you know, I mean, look at NBA Twitter, you know, there's some people who legitimately, I think, get more enjoyment out of like the trade deadline than they do the actual game and rumors and drama and all that. Like they actually care about that more than actually watching basketball. So um, you are completely right. It provides a lot of intrigue, but I don't know. I I think there's a balance to it. Um, But I mean, cheating, like, like you said, cheating has always been a part of the game. Uh, you, you, you have SMU out here tweeting gold trans am, uh, graphics. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just kind of a part of it. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's sports morals. Like it's not real life morals. It's not like they're robbing banks or doing anything bad. Like sometimes, you know, yeah, there's obviously people doing actual crimes, but we should, I, I think sometimes people equate actual crimes with like they accepted money and helped their parents you know they helped their family uh you know like provide for their family that's not that doesn't make you a bad person um i i mean i guess you broke rules but at the end of the day it didn't harm anyone um yeah but rules aren't rules aren't laws you know in the sports in the sports context you know and it it comes out of the whole sports morals thing which you know again like because yeah, you're right. Like a lot of these, the movement. Like if I if I got a better offer, or if you know from a company, then you know we would obviously I would I would consider it. That Bobby's promoting himself. Any of you listeners want to offer Bobby a better job? My my, <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I almost said my LinkedIn's in the bio. Paycom no, is gonna. I'm, I'm very happy with my job. Uh, yeah. I'm very happy. Happy. I do not want to leave my job. I'm very happy. Uh, you're talking about. This but podcast, what I'm saying right? is, this is your main job. Oh yeah, no, oh yeah, no. I all I do is podcast once a week. That's that's my main income. Shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code TPPN. Uh, you can get some cool, probably. Um, but yeah, no. Um, anyways, what I'm saying is, it, it kind of comes back to like that Kevin Durant. You know, like oh he you know did a bad thing by you know moving and you know he and Durant like compared it to just moving to like from Apple to you know. I don't know, Microsoft, something like that. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But the way sports fans look at it, the, the, the lens they look at through it with loyalty and all this other BS made up stuff, it, I don't know if it matters. Did you did you just compare moving from the Thunder to the Warriors, moving from Apple to Microsoft? It's not, it's not supposed to be a one-to-one comparison. I was just talking about trying to move companies. Okay. Yeah, because obviously moving from Apple to Microsoft, is it would be... That'd be a downgrade. <laughs> Let's be honest. That, oh no, I, we we just lost. Well, no, that's what I thought. I thought you were implying <laughs> not to. Down, I'm in a Thunder jersey currently, so I can't hate too much. But I thought you were implying that no. like the the Thunder was like the cream of the crop when it comes to <laughs> the NBA. We, we <laughs> sad, or not. Hey man, but, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma. Who would want to live in California? Not me. Sports. Uh, ethics yeah it's and that's that is an interesting thing well i guess I, obviously you know much like everyone else from california what durant did was immediately find a way to to leave uh which makes sense but uh sports ethics super interesting yeah and it, as and an it, aside it, uh laramie tunzel's nft was 2.6 eth which is 7400 dollars. wow that's ridiculous that's not that 70. much <laughs> i honestly thought there'd be a lot more but cool yeah so i i think i think we've exhausted this conversation for sure but it's it's, it's an interesting one we could probably go all day we, about we it. really haven't i'm i'm actively trying to have to 
not make this a two-hour podcast. We, we could they, totally do it. We should. We need to revisit. <laughs> Let's revisit this like on another at another time. You know, and really, yeah. really dive into it. That that could be a fun little podcast series. You know, like a history of cheating in college sports. You know, like I don't know. That could be fun. Anyways, that's for you know off off topic stuff. Anyways, Jameson, Ty, um, anything we want to say before we leave? No, no. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, I guess topics. And I, I feel like we should also talk about the new NLI, NL, NIL, golly, NIL deal that OU put in place like the Switzer Foundation. We can talk about that next week too. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yep. we, have, we have a whole off season to talk about the NIL collectives, what that means for the future, all that. Um, Ty, any final thoughts? No, I, I feel like I must uh, – I don't know what it's called. Um, what is it that they, they do in the Catholic Church? Like repentance or or uh, come clean? There is There was a time – Confession. I just remembered confession. There was a time uh, in middle school where I was on a trip to California, and for some reason I – well, I was cold. I, I understand why I'm cold. I was cold. We're not going to dive into that. It, it had to do with the weather. Um <laughs> But I, there was a time on, where I man. went to California and then for like two whole days wore a Texas sweatshirt because I bought it in San Francisco because it was the only school I recognized and I wore that. So That's okay. You, you are forgiven. <laughs> you are forgiven. Well, that's why you throw horns up all the time because you 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 have you have a you have allegiance to that to that sweatshirt. That Says the guy warm. that went to Austin for the spring game. Yeah. You're you're also. Is it, let me guess. That's a Kevin Durant jersey. Is it's, it? You better not be wearing I, a le- Legally, jersey. according to the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution, I don't have to answer that. And I would like to specify that the Fifth Amendment exists not to protect the guilty, but to protect the innocent. I mean, okay, fine. Sleeper agent tie. I mean, I'm just saying it could be a thing. But yeah, no. So, anyways. All right, folks, thank you all so much for listening. And uh, if you're listening wherever you get your podcast, all that. Make sure to give us a five-star review. We would love that. Um, and, you know, we'll be putting these out all throughout the off-season. Um, but if you like the visual element, check us out on YouTube. We uh, do these live. We're trying to try to keep a schedule of going uh, going live on Sundays. So uh, you can hang out, chat with us, etc. It's uh, some good stuff. So subscribe to us on YouTube at uh, The Schooner Pod. Um, and if you're, you know, know us from YouTube, vice versa, want to listen to us when you're driving to work or doing whatever, yeah, just look for us wherever you get your podcast. We're there. So, yeah. All right. Thank you again for uh, for um, coming on, guys. It was uh, always a pleasure. It's a good time. So we're about to hit the real, real depths of the offseason. I feel like I say that at the end of every pod. but We keep getting we, content, baby. Oh, we keep squeezing that lemon, baby. Let's keep it going. So, all right. That's our show. We'll see you next week where we'll talk a little NIL and, you know, just whatever happens. But uh, until then, have a great week and Boomer Sooner.